Next on BYU Sports Nation, rewriting the rules. The NCAA has changed college football as we know it, how it impacts BYU, and is it really that big of a deal? It may or may not be, Spencer. What rule would you change? And Blaine Fowler weighs in on that as well as Terry Nash of Eric Mika and more. Plus, a BYU Olympian takes on the Boston Marathon and toss up which team is more likely to be ranked in the next season, football or basketball. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation back to work on a Monday live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day play-by-play presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. April 17th, wherever and however you're dialed in. It's great to have you with us, whether you're in Boston or outside of Boston on Patriots Day. I am Spencer Linton, alongside retro BYU hat collector Jerem Jordan. That would not be me, but we gave Adam Amin a hat. He's an ESPN play-by-play, and he wore it on Saturday and tweeted it out, which was cool. I do want to shout out to my uncle, by the way, Chris Wetton, who's running the Boston Marathon today. Good luck to him. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, very cool. Not the only uh, person you know running the Boston Marathon today. Yeah, Jared Ward's running the Boston Marathon. As of about 10 or 15 minutes ago, he was in 13th place, kind of moving up in the Boston Marathon. We expect him to finish in the next 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, you can watch it on NBC Sports Network. You know, of course, stay with us on BYU TV. We will give you the time, of course, when he finishes. But that's very cool. Remember, he finished sixth in the Olympics. Olympics in yes. Rio in August. Sixth! Second American. Wow. Also, if somebody can explain to me what Adam Amin actually meant when he was tweeting, it's a good hat, Brent, while he was wearing our BYU Sports Nation BYU hat, I would appreciate that a lot. I thought, yeah, it's got to be like a Valparaiso sports information director or something, but maybe it's just uh, something that we have no idea about. All I care about is that he was wearing our BYU Sports Nation swag, and it is a good hat. Of course he is. It is a good hat. It's not the first time he's worn that hat. He just tweeted it out, so we're like, oh, cool. By the way, can you imagine running for two hours plus? I can't imagine running for two minutes. I don't like running for two minutes. Two hours plus. Like Those guys earn it, man. They they earn the notoriety that they get. Two hours. I can't think of a more grueling. I don't even like doing event. a two-hour show. Oh, Just man, kidding. I love I'm it. Talking. We're doing that Saturday, by the way. Talking for two hours. So hard. Oh yeah. man. Saturday. I don't know if we can do it. Saturday, we're doing a two-hour show. We'll be live from Vegas, three to five Eastern. Yes, we will. In Las Vegas at the BYU Fan Fest. Come hang out. Bring your retro hats. Bring that yellow hat up there. See, you, I would at least bring, have that one. Should I bring that hat? Yes. Please Should I do. wear that hat I would later in the it. show? For I would Jared love for, for you track to and wear field? that. <laughs> I'll wear it later in the show. I'll wear it later. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. What it is. Third-ranked BYU men's volleyball swept. Ninth-ranked Stanford in the MPSF quarterfinals on Saturday night. McCall, Bischoff with the crowd on its feet. Vega. Got it. BYU is done. Eight and a half blocks, and that'll do it. That's how the Cougars wrapped up the match. Jerem Jordan on the call. Tim Daubert led the way for BYU, recording 13 kills to go along with four blocks and two aces. How good has Tim Daubert been in an unexpected increased role? The Cougars had seven aces in the match as well. They play Hawaii Thursday night, 8 Eastern time, in Long Beach. 
because the 49ers beat USC. Otherwise, BYU would have hosted. They don't get them at home, Jerem? What? We'll discuss whether that's that. But is that a good thing? Yeah, what, what's better, playing on the road or home for BYU mm. right now? Baseball takes the weekend series over Pepperdine with a 7-2 win Friday and 9-4 win on Saturday after losing Thursday. Colton Shaver hit three home runs in three games, including a grand slam. Kyle Dean hit two home runs Saturday to help propel the Cougars to victory. Huge week for BYU, by the way. Utah on Tuesday on the road. And then at San Diego, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. In fact, I believe we will be live during that game. And hopefully on an MPSF Men's Volleyball Championship Saturday as well from the FanFest. Oh, it's shaping up for a big-time BYU sports weekend. And speaking of big-time, 20th-ranked softball swept Pacific. And when I say swept, I mean swept and then swept five more times, it felt like. Very clean. A 14 to nothing win on Saturday in just five innings. That followed up two other shutouts on Friday night. Lauren Bell hit a grand slam to lead the Cougars on offense. They now have a 10-game win streak, 6-0 in conference play. The grand slam was so good. In fact, I think we should relive that again. Uh, Potentially something special. Lauren Bell to right field. Grand slam. Uh, yeah, that that's ma- rejoicing. Spencer. That made it eight to that's nothing. It was part of a 10 run inning, a 10 run inning. This was intramurals. They would cap it at that. Good grief. <laughs> BYU softball looking to move up the rankings when the new polls come out tomorrow. And BYU professor and Olympian Jared Ward has mentioned running the Boston Marathon right now. He reached the halfway point at an hour and four minutes. That is crazy. He's currently in eighth place. Oh, he's moving up. Through 35 kilometers. Last I checked, though, this is the United States. What is that in miles? 35 kilometers. Stay tuned as is, we update you when what's, he finishes. What's 62% of 35? Because that's what it would be in miles. Why are you looking in my direction? <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's like roughly 22 miles, right? Is there, more, like is there more American hubris than not using the metric system? <laughs> <laughs> Riddle me this. <laughs> that we use miles and inches and like, feet. No, no, no. We've got our we own have our thing. Own thing. Okay. The, you, the rest of the world, stay out of this. And no, we don't care about soccer. We've got, we've got our own we thing. <laughs> Again, stay tuned. We'll update you on Jared Ward's finish throughout the show. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Sharpie! For written rules, the NCAA has changed college football forever. That makes it sound super ominous, right? Not exactly meant to be that way, but these changes will bring about significant impact. The Division I Council approved more than a few rule changes on Friday that affect recruiting. They grant the ability to hire a 10th assistant coach for football teams and eliminate two-a-day practices. Whoa! I mean, I, there's some there's some stuff there. Yeah, some of the, most of this stuff when it comes out, you're like, okay, whatever, just minutia in the process. But but there are things like no more two days, which is interesting. This remember BYU football is playing an August 26th game. That is one of the earliest games BYU's ever played. They're already going to start fall camp in late July. Now, if BYU practices five days a week, they could start as early as like July 22nd, which actually lends itself to being kind of fun because, hey, now we're into football, kind of, a little earlier. The, the other stuff, like the 10th assistant coach, 
what's the difference between nine and ten? Not a lot. Um, where does BYU go with that? That'd be an that'd be an interesting thing. That kicks in in January. The early signing period we addressed a little bit Friday. I think that it will dilute February signing day a little bit because now you have kind of two signing days. And previously it was only February. You ha- how much time does the coaching staff actually have to work on these guys for a December signing period? It is way less. In February, you can host them on a weekend. You can do all this stuff. Are you going to do it in early December as you're getting ready for a bowl game and you just wrapped up the regular season? That's a little problematic. Okay. So you're going to get some guys you wouldn't have, and then you're not going to get some guys you would have been able to court a little bit, I think, in January and February. Now, schools cannot hire people close to a uh, prospective recruit for a two-year period before and after the student's enrollment. I'm trying to think, who would that have affected at BYU? It wouldn't have been like a Quincy Lewis hire because those guys had already signed. Two years before, it wouldn't have affected uh, Jason Ayu, whose kids signed with BYU, because Jason was here already. That it'd be like we sign a guy, and then you bring on someone close to him after that within Yet, two years. When That's that the idea. Rule came out before and after. So, okay, interesting. Now, before Jason Ayu was he? He wasn't here two years before his son signed with BYU. So that that would be interesting, right? You couldn't sign. One of those guys. So now, like when I you said, so it does, it does impact the situation true. at BYU. So this tenth assist, I was just trying to think who it already had. Yeah, the tenth is the tenth assistant coach. Now you're like, do you have someone close to you that we want to sign when you hire that person? Also, what is what is uh, close to? That's a good. At what question. point in the neighborhood are you no longer close? <laughs> How far a distance of cousin? I yeah. mean, what, what, I mean, how do you if, determine that relationship? If cousin, you got a DTR. All the, all the Polynesians are in trouble if it's cousin, right? <laughs> well, that's why people went after BYU specifically when this rule was announced. It was like, people, oh, it say, was Utah fans on say, Twitter. Say goodbye, BYU, to all of your recruiting approaches. <laughs> <laughs> that is, it has not affected BYU in a huge way, in my opinion. Oh, our Twitter question today is centered on this. We want you to rewrite the rule book. If you were in a position to, to rewrite the rule book, what would you do? That's our Twitter question. If you could implement one rule change in NCAA football, what would it be? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At JBoz92. Celebration penalties. Rumor is the NFL is getting lax. Let the boys have fun. Yes! I like that one. I, there's got to be a line somewhere. Let's not go to the extent that Miami was celebrating in the late 80s yeah. after they scored touchdowns, like, but let them have yeah, some fun. Exactly. There's got to be a line there, and I think some of us know where the line is. Here's the rule I would want put in. Yes. I want power plays. After 15-yard penalties. What I mean is you play 11 on 10 for one play. So let's say you get a 15-yard. You get a personal foul. Okay. Or you get a pass interference or whatever. Not only is the 15-yard penalty uh, assessed, that next play you play 11 on 10. (laughs) How awesome would that be? A little CFL-ish, but I think it would be fun. A man down in soccer? A man down. Odd man rushes in football. I'm just thinking about touchdown celebrations Still, and Key and Peel specifically. Yeah, you know the line, right? There's where the line. That's crossing the line. Tinkle McCringleberry. He crossed, he crossed the line a lot of times. He crossed the line. Yeah. For me, I think that a team has to win seven games to qualify for a bowl game. Oh, okay. So you're going to take it down to like 27 yes. bowl yeah, games. Yeah, or even 30. Or something. I mean, you're, you're making it so not more than half of college football is playing in a bowl game. I think it's ridiculous right now that – 80 teams are playing a bowl game. That's crazy. Wait, you don't like 
Louisiana Lafayette against uh, Tulane. In, in the in in N&L Carriers Raging Cajun Bowl or whatever it is. Well, R&L since, Carriers. Since Lafayette is the Raging Cajun, that would fit, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. You don't, no. you don't watch that on December oh 20th? Oh. Six Mountain Time? Brutal. Seven wins to qualify <laughs> for a bowl game. Yeah, so limiting the bowls to like 30 or high 20s, I think that would be fantastic. Also this. Relegation in college football now we're just from getting Power fictional. 5 conferences. If you don't win, let's say you have a losing record for like three years in a row in a Power 5 conference. Kansas, looking at you. Peace out. You're going to the Sun Belt. <laughs> and somebody else that's winning is jumping uh, up into is, a Power 5 conference. This is an amazing idea. Relegation would be awesome because then you really, I mean, you bring talk about competition. This is like, not oh, Mother pl- England. We're playing for our finance lives, right? With the Power Five money on the line. Yeah. I think that would be that, so that would, fun. That would be amazing. I know people are fired up about the targeting rule. Yeah, that's something that could change and should change. But, like, we're talking about, like, if we when, could make the rules. Yeah. I mean – if we're talking real here, safety things, it all, it's only getting, going to get more safe. No two-a-days. That's a safety deal. That's a safety deal. The thing with the no more two-a-days, too, is that means that fall camp starts even earlier, yes, which means I we're that it. much closer to you-know-what. Yes. Countdown to the Viking. 131. 131 days away from an actual football game between BYU and a lower division opponent. Well, same division, but lower tier. Do you get I'm re- wearing my Portland State uh, that, shirt today, That you are. My that Portland you are. Timbers slash Oregon shirt. Where's your rainbow lumberjack plaid shirt? Ever since P. Norton said that, I've been hesitant and uh, <laughs> wanted to bust that out of the closet. You have been hesitant? You're the person that takes that and, like, it well, makes you want to do it more. I respect P. Norton. If I don't respect you, I'll go at you. Okay. <laughs> is that why you go at me? Is that why you go at me a lot? I wouldn't say <laughs> that. No. If I respect you, I read the Franklin. You come on, man. <laughs> Waiting for Jared Ward to finish. It should be in the next couple minutes in the Boston Marathon. Twitter question: What would you change as far as rules go if you could have an impact on the NCAA rulebook? Coming up. Toss-up. But first, Uncle B joins us in Studio B to tell us his thoughts on those new rule changes. It's always repping the line. Literally. What's trending on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Ahern Rental. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on a Monday on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. When you reply, please, oh, please, just do it. Hey, uh, there'll be a BYU Fan Fest in Vegas coming up this Saturday. We will be live from 3 to 5 Eastern in Las Vegas, hanging out at that. If you're a local, come hang out. If not, watch it on BYU TV in the app. 3 to 5 Eastern time, so 12 to 2 Local time there in Vegas. Please, oh please, just watch it. So I was supposed to have, I was supposed to watch our daughter this weekend, and my wife's having like a girls' weekend with her sisters and mom in Vegas. Your boy's going to be in Vegas now. So luckily, father-in-law is going to be watching. He's my bailing kid. you out. <laughs> Hi, honey. He's bailing you I'm out. Cross town. I know all about that, Jeremy. In fact, it was the exact similar situation for me, and said. 
spouse on a girl's trip in the Las Vegas area. Unfortunately, the timing didn't work out for me. <laughs> Luckily, I have a great father-in-law coming into town. Otherwise, I would have taken no, it was great. a little Venna with us. It was great, man. All good. Our Twitter question today. If you could implement one rule change in NCAA football, what would it be? We've heard touchdown celebration penalties. Targeting's been brought up. Jerem thinks that there should be power plays. Power plays after 15-yard penalties. I, nine, I'm in favor of a team needing to win seven games to go to a bowl game and relegation. <laughs> relegation. <laughs> relegation would be unbelievably entertaining. From the Premier League to the championship. Yes. Yeah. That would be so fun. Never going to happen, but it would be fun. <laughs> it would be fun. Joining us now in Studio B to help answer today's Twitter question and dive into some more of those NCAA rule changes. Blaine Fowler used to play college football for BYU. Did you know that, Jaron? I, I didn't know that until right now. Blaine, you played here? Long, That's oh, great, man. long, long ago. That's yeah, cool. It's yeah. when we used to, after practice, you take off your helmet, you fold it up, put it in your pocket, <laughs> go home. In fact, That's I think, how long ago it was. I think they got Blaine Fowler's uh, height and weight mixed up with Brian Billick on that BYU football what did they, what, database. I didn't see what, what they say. His bio says 6'180". He's 6'5". <laughs> so we're yeah, giving... Brian's a tight end. That's a small tight end. <laughs> six, six feet, That's 180. Anything yeah. but a tight end. He was yeah. awesome with those guys, by the way, when he was here on campus. The, the players loved that they had him here. That was a cool thing. That was cool. What's the one rule change you would change? On, on, a, or off the field. on the field one, I hey, I like this idea of just chilling out a little bit on the touchdown celebration, whoever came up with that one. But but I was thinking more along the lines of recruiting. And this, this necess- wouldn't necessarily help BYU, but I would make it so that universities could not contact or talk to players until they finish their junior year, period. Mm. Because I think there's way too much distraction. We We – put so much emphasis on sports for these kids that are in high school and and they start focusing on where they're going to college and all that when they're in eighth grade for Pete's sakes and ninth grades so I, I would say you cannot have any contact with them unless they come onto your campus so I like this new rule about having the 10 days to do camps on your campus only so to me that's the only time before they are a, a finished their junior year in high school that you should be able to have contact with with a recruit Ooh, I like the thinking involved I, in that I think I think it levels the playing field a little bit for everybody yeah at milton underscore rat tweets this in the appeal process for targeting calls take the time to get the call right we learned last year after the byu utah game that once the call is made by the replay booth it stands you can't appeal it after the fact yeah well and i would like to so when you make that call on the field too remember they don't take the penalty away they can you still get the 15 yard um, but they, they'll decide when they're watching the video of whether or not they're going to throw the player out and it's really targeting or not. Well, if they're going to decide that it wasn't, then why not take the penalty away? Yeah, too? why would you still yes. give them 15 yards hey, don't if give it fi- wasn't targeting? Hey, they made a mistake, so we're not going to kick the guy out, but you're still getting the penalty that they made the mistake on. Yeah, fix so it. Dumb. Gonna yeah, so dumb. That's so dumb. If you're yeah. actually going to take the time to review it, then just fix it. Yeah. So, like, What do you think of my idea of power plays? So you have a 15-yarder. It's the very next unique. play, you're 11 on 10. Very unique. So you'd have to, you'd have to take an, a defensive lineman out, which would give you less of a pass rush. So now you're going to throw the football. And I like this. this is, It'd be fun. It's unique. Just it would be start fun. a league and call it the XFL. And oh, wait. That already happened. That happened. That already happened. We could have sketchy material. <laughs> no, that didn't work. It didn't work at all. Last week, Terry Nashif, the banquet was Wednesday. Mm-hmm. The next day is announced, okay, he's, he's stepping down as assistant head coach. He's going to pursue business opportunities. What's your reaction to that? I was, I was disappointed because he, he's one of my favorite people in the program. First of all, I think he's 
very, very intelligent and knows basketball really well. He's a great offensive mind, and BYU relied on him to uh, to call the offenses. The, the other thing is I think he is very relatable for recruits and for the players. You saw the tweets coming out from the players about how much he helped them where they had conversations with them off the court. He gave them a lot of counsel because I think he seems, even though he's older than he looks, I think he seems close to them. Like it seems like he just played. So he's very relatable, and a lot of kids came here because they related to him on their recruiting visit and, and they liked you know, the ability to, to talk to him and feel like they could confide in him and all that. So I think Dave loses a very, very good recruiting tool when he, when he loses Terry. From the offensive perspective, Dave, Dave's a great offensive coach himself. So, so will there be a void? Nah, yeah, but I think they can fill that void. I think the, the bigger void is his relatability and his ability to recruit because every – player you talk to that's been through here since Terry's been here talks about how close they are to him and how comfortable he makes them feel when they come on campus here. So that's a big deal. He's the all-American dude. I talk about valedictorian, student body president. I mean, that factors into why he was such a great recruiter at BYU. So now you got to replace that. The question is, where do you go? Where, where is the emphasis when you are trying to replace Terry Nashif? Because there are there are some concerns to be addressed. And I don't know if you can replace him from a recruiting perspective because he's been so good. But you try to go get somebody that has good contacts, maybe in some states that you haven't recruited well in the past. But from a strategic perspective, on-court perspective, I feel like you've got to go out and find somebody who is a defensive ace, who who really understands defense and has a reputation of coaching really good defensive basketball teams. And, you know, maybe somebody that's a little bit ornery, a little bit of spit and fire that, that can be the counter. And, and don't get me wrong, because I've been in practices when, when Dave gets upset and gets into him. But, but I, I feel like they've got enough guys that will put their arms around the guys afterwards that they can bring in kind of a – Who's the bad cop? Yeah, a bad, bad cop. Like a guy that's, you know, going to get into these guys and demand that – they play some defense. And so a guy that's defensive-minded that maybe will get into these guys a little bit and, and, and be a little tougher. Um, and so that to me, I don't know if that guy's out there or not. But if that guy's out there, that's a good mindset to look for because I think that, that could add to it. Because I think, I think Dave himself is a phenomenal offensive coach. And so I think they don't have a drop-off at all offensively. Maybe this is an opportunity to go to find somebody that maybe has some little different ideas and can really help them get better defensively. Because they don't have to be great defensively to be really good next year. They just have to be good defensively to go along with how efficient they've been on offense over the years. We've been uh, telling you about Jared Ward in the Boston Marathon. He just finished. What is his place in time? That is our stat of the day. Mm. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The mustachioed stats professor at BYU, Jared Ward, finished, finishes in 10th place in the Boston Marathon with a time of 2.15.28. Bravo, Jared. How about that? Bravo. Jared Bravo. Ward on Patriots Day. That's Top 10 cool. finish in the Olympics and at the Boston Marathon. I mean, this is, you think about the field in the Boston Marathon. That's legit. That's a legit field. That's it's probably as good or better than the Olympic field. I feel like in some ways it is better than the yeah, Olympic. There's no I mean, limit on X from right. that country, exactly. right? Exactly. So yeah, because we have some countries that have would put more people in the Olympic marathon if they could have more spots. I mean that, that's phenomenal. The Boston he, he Marathon is, is the Super Bowl and he, marathon. And he's a Davis high boy. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Jared Ward, Davis County. He's Davis County. He's guys, a dart. Yeah. He's a dart. Yeah. That is right. I wouldn't brag about that but yeah hey, <laughs> hey, the, hey it's bad enough davis the, high has been the premier track program in this state 
for many, many years. I just, I just meant them. I'm just trying to figure out how Davis got stuck with brown and gold, man. I know. They're not pretty colors. <laughs> Wyoming thinks <laughs> it's great. Yeah, they think it's good. No, it's not pretty. I know it's not pretty. And I don't have anything brown and gold anymore since my kids aren't there. But yeah. it's all blue. It's all blue. And, and BYU's hoping that Eric Mika stays in all blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to start workouts in the next couple of weeks. What's, what's your take on kind of where he fits? Because he's not on the board right now, yet I think we all think he's going to crush the workouts. It'll be interesting to see if he gets a, an invite to that pre-draft combine that they have, the NBA pre-draft combine. I think that that makes a difference with if by the time he gets to that, he has an invite, and, and that is, it's May 9th through the 14th. And then he has until the 24th to decide whether he's going to keep his name in or he's going to or if he's going to pull out. And so I think I'm really anxious to see if the individual workouts and people looking at him right now lead to an invite to that where he has a chance to show that he can play the four in the NBA because I think that that's where he has to play in the NBA. Um, the thing for him is in, in college he's playing the true five with his back to the basket most of the time. We saw flashes of him being able to face up, so he's got great touch. We saw him improve his free throw shooting. But, but I think the question on him is – can he be a regular four in the NBA? Can he face up? Can he match um, from a, a speed perspective defensively the kinds of guys he'd have to cover in the NBA at that four position? Like who are we talking about? Draymond Green. You got to go cover. You know those kinds of guys. Yep. Um, Blake Griffin. Uh, I mean th- those are fours. Those are fours. I'm you know I'm talking about elite. Fours, I want to name of course the bench. Yeah, Kevin the Durant bench plays the four. <laughs> okay. Well, you've named the best. Let's okay, name the hey, Paul Millsap. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's... He's really good. Still an all-star. He's, he's, he's really, really yeah. good, but that's more of mid-range. Oh, I have Paul, would I put Paul in top 15? Maybe he's in the top, he's in the top 15. Can in, you, in, can in you be Trey Lyles? That's more of, I think, yeah, what so that's, we're talking about. And, and so we're not saying he has to be an elite guy, but to be drafted in the first round, and there's a big, big difference between going in the first round and having guaranteed money and going in the second round. The NBA is not a league full of second-round picks. There's a few that have have made that made that jump and surprised people but because there's guaranteed money in the first round when when you're a first rounder if you're the same and you're a second rounder as a first rounder they're not going to cut that guy and still pay him and keep you on the roster and pay you and so for that reason and there's not as many guys like there is in football the NBA is a league of first round draft picks it's not a league of free agent and second round picks NFL is very different. It takes a lot more guys. And you can be a specialist. You get a bunch of guys out on offense and then a bunch of, a bunch of guys out on defense. In the NBA, you know, you play both ends of the floor. There's five guys out there. And so there's just not a lot of second rounders and, and free agents that make it long term in that league. So to me, where's he going to be? Does he get that pre-draft combine invite? Does he get projected in that first round? And, and then he's got a big decision to make if he's not. Now we're talking about roughly 450-ish players in the entire league. I mean, that is not yeah. a very big number. And so first rounders, you're throwing in 30-ish. And I mean, that that's it, right? That's yeah. it. It's going to be tough to stick I mean, after can, that. Can Eric play? I think he has a skill set to do it. You know, selfishly, I'd like to see him come back. I'd like to see Yoli work on the three skill set a bunch in the offseason, get the ball in his hands, face up, dribble, ball handling, all that. And I'd like to see Eric really focus on what he could do as a four and come back next year and take BYU into the NCAA tournament and maybe do a Sweet 16. That's what I would, lo- I would love to see. And, and if that can take him, if his feedback is, you know, if you can go back and show this this next year in college, you're, you could be a first-round draft pick. Then, then maybe he comes back. But if, you know, if he's a first-round draft pick, none of us are going to begrudge him going, right? We're going to just go. Absolutely yeah, not. Go. Can you, can you climb from totally off the board he, into the first round? Like that? Could it happen? Yes. 
I think it's a stretch to think that it I, will happen. I think it's a big stretch. He would have to have a phenomenal time from now till mid-May, and then in that pre-draft camp, really everybody go, wow, you know what? And it's not just about can he do it right now. We're seeing enough of this skill set that we think with a year in the NBA, he's because the NBA drafts a lot of guys on potential. I mean, Collins is, is a projected yeah, first round. Yeah, so rounder. what's the difference between Eric Mika and Zach Collins? Collins seven feet tall and he's a five. And and you've only seen one year of Collins. Right. And he's so, like, so how there's... old is he? Is he 19 or 20? I think he's 19. Yeah. Probably 19, and so, right? so they're looking at him. They're going, here's a 19-year-old that's really, really raw, that's unbelievably skilled athletically, and he's a true seven-footer that's going to play the five in the NBA. So that's, that's the difference. I hate to say it. If Eric was two inches taller or three inches taller with his same skill set, they'd be looking at him as a five, and he would be a first-rounder right now. You know, and so that there's the difference because he, his height he projects more as a four, and uh, and to play the five you got to be you've got to be seven seven foot or plus, or you've got to be six ten and unbelievably physical. And it still doesn't mean you're going to be a first round. Like Shemek Karnowski probably won't be drafted right. as good as he was. Zach Collins ten points a game in the WCC gets you. A lottery pick because of potential. That's just how they're draft. That's why I say this. sometimes they, right. They draft on potential, and so so when they look at uh, at Eric Mika, a little bit older, um, he's been on a mission. Still, I think he's still really really young from a basketball perspective. So if somebody, everybody doesn't have to love you. One team has to love you. One team has to fall in love with you between now and May, and and look at you in that pre-draft camp and go ooh. On potential alone, we think this guy can play the four in a big way. We think we can develop him, and they take a shot at you. So he's got a lot of work to do between now and then to show people that he can do that. Um, because right now, nobody's saying, oh, yeah, he's a first-round draft pick. You guys, We all know that. He knows that. It's right not now. a single projection right. person team, which isn't the worst thing ever. Yeah, And if he just doesn't want to be here, he can play in Italy. Oh, you know he, what I mean? And like, he would be very comfortable. He lives there. He lived there. He knows the language. But that he's, will be there. Yeah, after a year. That's right, and and I, kids look back and they look back at their college experience. And I talk to a lot of guys that go to the NFL and they go, "Hey, I had fun in the NFL." The guys that end up on teams that go to multiple Super Bowls, they seem to have a really fun time in the NFL. But but a lot of these guys that just go play on regular old teams go, you know what? I didn't realize how good a time I was having with my boys in college until I went in the NFL and and realized what a business it was. And it was just going to work. And it wasn't that fun anymore. And and in the NBA, whether he's in NBA or Europe, Eric's going to find out, all these guys find out, that it becomes a job when you're getting paid for it. And you don't want to shortchange yourself on the opportunity to be with your boys and do something special in college because you remember that the rest of your life, and that becomes part of who you are and your network forevermore. Now, having said that, if he's a first-round draft pick, he's got to go. <laughs> right? <laughs> having said all that. 100%. But, but, but if he's getting news that, you know what, you're, you're probably not even a second-round pick, and so the option is go to Europe or come here. I mean, I, if it's me, I come back and have another year with my boys. and Because I look back on it, and those the guys that I played with – my years here, they're family still. In fact, even the guys around when I played, we're all family. And so there's, you don't get that when you go to the pros, no matter where you go. And so don't shortchange that unless the opportunity you know, over, overshadows that. If the opportunity overshadows it, then for Pete's sakes, go and we'll all go, man, let's just go root like, you know, root like crazy for him. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. A lot of work between now and May. There are those out there that feel like if Eric Mika leaves BYU, it is signing a death certificate for BYU's NCAA tournament chances next year. I am not one of those people because 
of attrition and the gel factor. And, and we said that when Trent placed it left early and they came back and BYU got back into the tournament. So where do you stand on the difference with and without Eric Mika? With, with Eric back, I think they're – to me, they would take a big step forward. I think they would get better defensively in the offseason. And he's really good defensively. He's got great timing. He's got good hops. You know, he's a force in there, whether it's at the four or at the five. Um, and with everybody else coming back, I feel like this team has a chance to gel in the offseason and, and get better. If he doesn't come, I, I still think they have an opportunity. The problem they have is I think the league is really good next year. So I think with Eric back in the preseason early on when they got that whole group back, they win more games in the preseason, and three teams from the WCC have a chance to get in, especially if you've got Gonzaga back in the top 10 and St. Mary's in the top 15. Who knows? St. Mary's could win that league next year now with who's going out. If Nigel goes out for Gonzaga, St. Mary's becomes my favorite in the league. <laughs> Cleve Crazy, you're, right? You're not alone. Did Cleve say that too? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I – I think that that's the case. If Nigel goes, if Nigel stays, Gonzaga's still my favorite. If Nigel goes, then all of a sudden I'm going, hey, with what St. Mary's has coming back, they win the league. And then BYU's right there um, with Gonzaga for that two spot um, if Nigel goes or battling St. Mary's, that same group of guys. If Eric goes, then it takes them a little longer to gel in the preseason. Maybe they lose a game or two that they shouldn't lose that keeps them out of the NCAA tournament. So it's... Can they still get there? They absolutely can. They have enough weapons, and they have, if they if they can really work hard at it. If he comes back, I, I think I believe that they have the potential to be in the tournament and win a game or two in that tournament. Fantastic stuff from Blaine Fowler and his Davis County biceps. That's right. Go darts. <laughs> Go Jared. <laughs> Twitter question today: If you could implement one rule change in NCAA football, what would it be? Blaine says I would change. The ability of coaches to contact high school players before their junior season is over. It's an interesting take. What do you think? Send in your responses using the hashtag BYUSN. I've seen so many targeting rule ones. It's, that's got to change. The Utah game is still fresh, my friend. Oh, People man. People hate targeting. Which team's more likely to be ranked next season, football or basketball? We'll talk about that next. Target that question. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. I could go for some grilled pineapple right about now, Jerem. Not sure why that's on my mind. Not being anytime ever. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. We just talked with Blaine Fowler, who brought an interesting perspective on not just the NCAA football rule changes, but... How about his take on Eric Mika and the difference that it will be for BYU to have him and not have him if he stays? Pretty strong opinions. Download the podcast to hear the entire interview. Hey, check out softball. They're ranked 20th. They might even climb a little bit this week. They play Wednesday night, 8 Eastern, against Southern Utah on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. Wednesday night, they, they're playing some really good ball right now. Some fun facts. They've won 10 games in a row. McKenna Bull has pitched 22 consecutive scoreless Innings. That's one inning better than my boy James Paxton of the Mariners. <laughs> okay, just that. And they just swept Pacific by a three-game total of 29 runs to nothing. Pacific did not score a run in three games. That's just mean. That's pretty unbelievable. That's mean. Like, try switching the, you know, bat right if you're a lefty or something. Like, that's just mean. Refreshing today's BYUSN headlines. Well, they had five pinch batter, pinch hitters in that 10-run inning. They, they had okay. five pinch hitters, and they couldn't get it out. 
Unbelievable. Rats. Third-ranked men's volleyball swept ninth-ranked Stanford in the MPSF quarterfinals on Saturday night. Here's how the Cougars wrapped up that match. McCall, Bischoff with the crowd on its feet. Vega. Got it. BYU is done. Eight and a half blocks, and that'll do it. Did you have a good time doing that, Jerem? Yeah, it was fun. Kind of played out like I thought it would. (laughs) BYU played ten sets against Stanford this season and won nine of them. Yeah. Pretty good. Tim Daubert led the way. 13 kills, had four blocks, two aces. The Cougars as a team had seven aces in the match. Where's Ace? Where's Ace Man? Martin Wright? Where is he? Uh, He's not here right now. We do have one of his signs, though. Hey, baseball took the weekend series over Pepperdine. 7-2 win Friday, 9-4 win on Saturday. Colton Shaver, three homers in three games, including a grand salami. Get out the mustard and the rye. It's a grand salami, baby. Oh, the big bopper, as Gary Scheide calls him. And Kyle Dean hit two home runs Saturday to propel the Cougars to victory. Big week, as mentioned. Utah Tuesday, three games at San Diego this weekend. And as I just talked about, BYU softball finishing off that sweep of Pacific with a 14 to nothing win on Saturday in five innings. Lauren Bell hit a grand slam to lead the Cougars offense. They're now 6-0 in West Coast Conference play. Let's listen and watch one more time what that grand slam looked and sounded like. Uh, potentially something special. Lauren Bell to right field! Grand slam! Yeah, as Jerem said earlier. You were in there somewhere, I think, right? Much rejoicing. That made it 8 to nothing. part of that 10-run inning for BYU softball. Boom, Rankings out tomorrow via USA Today and the coaches. Hey, and BYU professor and Olympian Jared Ward finished 10th in the Boston Marathon this just a little while ago with a time of 2 hours, 15 minutes, and 28 seconds. Ha! He now has top 10 finishes in both the Rio Olympics and the Boston Marathon. Congratulations that to Jared Ward. incredible. It's easy, it's easy to root for a really good dude, and he is just that. It's time that we play toss-up, and it goes like this. We present two scenarios. Jeremy and I have to pick one or the other. It's, there's no in-between. There's no fence sitting. <laughs> so let's no do it. three degrees of glory, just two. Number one. Toss-up. Team more likely to be ranked at some point next season, BYU football or BYU basketball? Would you I like say, to do the honors, Jerem? say football. Basketball, it's really hard to get ranked. Like, you can go 10-0 and 0 and still not be ranked. Football could go 2-0 and 0 and get ranked. Like, if BYU beats Portland State and LSU, they could be ranked, right? I, I, I think football is more likely to be ranked. I, do I think either will be ranked next year at any time? That wasn't no. the question. But I I'm explaining myself. <laughs> it's America! I'm just pulling yeah. a you. Yeah, I, I think football is more like. Okay, I agree with you 100%. Because there are less games and less teams involved overall, talking about 351 Division I college basketball teams to 128, I think, in college football. So, yeah, it just the, the sheer dynamics of it, are in favor of BYU football being more likely to be ranked at some point next season. They could start one and two and then win five games in a row after that, and BYU could be six and two and flirting with the rankings. That's that's how it works. Seven and two maybe gets you in. Who knows? It depends yeah. who you beat. Yeah. Number two. Toss-up, BYU volleyball playing the MPSF semifinal on the road or at home. Now, this one's interesting. BYU obviously is really good at home. But guess what? The Cougars were better on the road than they were at home this year. BYU serves really well, and they serve better on the road because at altitude, the ball sails a little bit. 
on the road, that ball is a little heavier. It can jump in for an ace. I think BYU's better suited to play on the road Thursday against Hawaii than they are at home. On the surface, you're like, well, of course you want them to play in the Smithfield house. They have that ridiculous record. They're so good. They never they lose lost twice in, there. They lost twice this year at home. They, in conference, right? This year running five, Long Beach State in three. They have not lost Which isn't bad. a That's federation really match on the road. So I like BYU's chances in Southern California. I feel strangely more confident. Yeah, They'll beat Hawaii Thursday in my opinion. Number three. Better hitting performance, Colton Shaver's three home runs in three games or Kyle Dean's two home runs in a single game? Both are awesome. Colton Shaver's uh, is the toss-up I take, though, because he had a grand slam as one of those, and he went three days in a row. That's awesome. And it was great to see Kyle Dean kind of break out and hit those two homers. I'm going to go with Kyle Dean just because of the health struggles that he has had. He's been dealing with a number of injuries, not just in his back, in his hand, uh, he, and typically needed when batting. Right. And so Traditionally. For, for him to hit two home runs in that big-time win against Pepperdine, allowing BYU to win another WCC series, I, I feel like, yes, Colton is incredible with what he does and how far he hits the ball. But Kyle Dean, that second home run he hit to center field was really impressive and doing so with uh, overcoming some health concerns. Big deal and toss-up for Kyle Dean. Number four. Keeping on this hitting theory, okay. better hit this weekend, Lauren Bell's Grand Slam or Steven Adams' screen <laughs> on Patrick Beverly in game one of the Houston OKC series. Lauren Bell's Grand Slam was awesome. She's not this huge power hitter, right? But she was on that play, Grand Slam. Steven Adams was <laughs> redonkulous. It was a legal screen, but Patrick Beverly just got blown up. Yeah, I got to go with Lauren Bell. I'm the voice of BYU softball. I can't go against Lauren Bell. Sure you can. No. No. I, I like Steven Adams and, you know, how he uh, manicures his facial hair. <laughs> He's a bad man. He really Aquaman. He belongs in Young Guns. Doesn't he? He belo- belongs in the Justice League I keep as that- Aquaman. He looks just like that guy. But Lauren Bell hadn't hit a home run all year. It's her senior season. And then she hits a grand slam. Yeah. It's great timing. That is unbelievable timing. So it's just unique. Totally unexpected. I'm going to go with Lauren Bell on that one. Our Twitter question today. If you could implement one rule change in NCAA football, what would it be? At Laser Sheep says, I would change the rule about gifts for athletes. I can confirm that Mitch Matthews never got an elite BYU Sports Nation shirt because of that rule. Really? Even after? We couldn't give him one? Yeah, he needs to get one. I thought we gave him one. Did we not? Uh, no, we're on that now. We're on yeah. that now, yeah, Laser Sheep. Yeah, good call. More of your responses next. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jeremy Jordan live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast. It airs weeknights on the friendly airwaves of BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. We will be in Las Vegas Saturday. Come hang out with us. Uh, Players and coaches will be there. The Fan Fest from multiple sports, not just football. It'll be great. Coming up Saturday, 3 to 5 Eastern time, 12 to 2 local time there in Las Vegas. For details and the address, go to BYUCougars.com. Apparently, Kalani Satake's doppelganger has been located somewhere on this fabulous globe. I guess so. Jerem just tweeted about it. Well, someone tweeted into us. <laughs> yeah, so check that out. Take a look on Twitter. Follow him at Jerem Jordan and uh, at BYU Sports Nation while you're at it. I didn't know Kalani... Uh... 
wielded the microphone for another <laughs> TV station. Hashtag BYUSN. Wow. If you could implement one rule change in NCAA football, what would it be? Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At Jacob R. Kemp. Targeting. If it's bad enough to make Kalani blow his lid like a, do- a dormant volcano that has suddenly come to life, it needs to change. I want more of that. That was amazing. The next play, Francis Bernard had the interception, too. That did some good things for BYU's recruiting pool. Like, that whole game. Pretty cool stuff. Well, not all of the game, but most of the game. At James Lawler 007. Targeting. Keep the 15-yard penalty if the call stands, but no ejection unless it's confirmed. Like, that, they want to change that to what Blaine Fowler said. Like, if, if targeting happens and the player's ejected, okay, but if you rule that it's not targeting, why are we still giving the other team 15 yards? That yeah, makes zero sense. If you're going to repent, repent all the way, Spencer. Yes. I've been telling you that a long time. That's true. At D.D. Holdsbrooks, make the announcers be neutral. Most of the time they talk about one team or the other. (laughs) That's a fan perception. That is not reality. That is not reality. At Kip Kent, down by contact. That rule is covered in lame sauce. The other team did nothing to stop the play. Let them get back up and run. All of the NFL. Yes. yes. Great great idea. I I think that's a great one as as well. I think 15 yards is great for... Pass interference. I, I think the NFL should go to 15 yards. Yeah, at Nomad Coog tweeted that as well. Add the down by contact slash ball carry or isn't down until he's touched down. Yeah, like let a doofus trip over his own ankles and get back and be up. able to get back get up. up. Yes. Oh, that is such I, a drive killer. Like the quarterback just like stumbles and falls down. I think you shouldn't be able to fake punt inside your own end zone and run out. I think that should be illegal. <laughs> hey, Johnny. Hey. Hi, Johnny. Love you, man. Hi, whoever sent that play in. Oh, man. I know who it was. I'm not going to say <laughs> More responses using the hashtag BYUSN at Melocopter says, let Coach Satake yell at whomever he wants, whenever he wants, with no penalty. I think that's mostly true already. It's good. A lot of coaches can yell for a long time before they get a penalty. I hadn't I seen a coach get a penalty from BYU. I think ever. I loved, it was great. I loved the passion. Great. I loved it. Find out how some former Cougars did on the PGA Tour over the weekend up next in the Cougar Whip Around. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Oh, we're having a good time in Studio B. Those two guys having a good time, having a good time. We're brothers, and we're singing, and we're happy, and we're brothers. Tell me you seen the weigh-in show back in the day. Yeah. We need to look yes. that up after yes. the show's over. Yes. Big thanks to today's guest, Blaine Fowler, who brought the heat about NCAA f- rule football or football rule changes, and Eric Mika, the difference that he would have on BYU if he stayed compared to if he goes to the NBA. Really good stuff. Download the podcast. Coming up tomorrow, between the lines with the softball team, they play a little say what and golfer Rose Huang. Yes. What should we do now? Let's whip it. Okay. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Volleyball. Third ranked Brigham swept ninth ranked Stanford in the MPSF quarterfinal Saturday night. Tim Doblett led the way for the Cougars, according 13 kills to go along with four blocks and two aces. The Cougars had seven aces in the match. They play Hawaii in the semifinals Thursday night. Baseball. The Batcats take the weekend series against Pepperdine with a 7-2 win on Friday and a 9-4 win on Saturday. Colton Shaver hit three home runs in three games, including a grand slam, and Kyle Dean hit two home runs on Saturday to help propel the Cougars in those victories. 
softball. Finished off a sweep of Pacific with a 14-0 win Saturday in five innings. Lauren Bell hit a grand slam to lead the Cougars offense, who have won 10 games in a row and are 6-0 in West Coast Conference play. Sports. BYU professor and Olympian Jared Ward finished 10th in the Boston Marathon this morning with a time of 2 hours, 15 minutes, and 28 seconds. He now has top 10 finishes in both the Rio Olympics and the Boston Marathon. Track and field. Speaking of running, uh, Thursday through Saturday, four different meets in California and Utah for the Cougars. They were looking to qualify more competitors for regional. One of the highlights from the weekend, Cougar distance runner and wannabe top five power couple guy Rory Linkletter, regional qualifying time of 28.58, 74 in the 10,000 meters in his first outdoor meet of the year. Congratulations. Cougars overseas. That dude legit looks like Dash from The Incredibles. <laughs> Charles Abuel had 10 points, 9 rebounds, and 3 assists, and a win on Friday in France. Jonathan Tavernari, Tavernari also in action. He had 4 points, 4 rebounds, and 1 assist playing in Italy. Cougars in the PGA. Two Cougars competed at the RBC Heritage <laughs> this past weekend. Zachary Blair finished at 4-under, tied for 32nd. Daniel Summerhands finished at even par, tied for 59th in his first tournament after the Masters. Back to you. Cougars in the minor. Colton Mahoney recorded his first save of the season on Saturday for the Charleston River Dogs. Brendan Lund was also in action, going 1-for-5 with a run and RBI in a 7-6 win for the Burlington Bees. Tennis. Women's team fell 4-0 to Pepperdine Friday on senior day. Men's tennis also lost to Pepperdine 5-2 over the weekend. Soccer. The women's team beat Utah 1-0 on Saturday. Elise Flake scored on the penalty kick goal to lead the ladies to a victory over the Utes. The men's team also netted a 5-0 victory over Utah on Saturday. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Jared Ward, 10th place at the Boston Marathon. Congratulations to the adjunct BYU professor. Nice use of adjunct. Yeah. I only use it when it's nice. That's true. That's true. If you could implement one rule change in NCAA football, what would it be? At East Stutz 10 says, ineligible receiver downfield. Large plays are negated. It's not like a lineman is going to catch the ball anyway. True. I want the intent to deceive back. You want it back? <laughs> yes, so that Max Hall can do his thing at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> at History Geek 1776, change the targeting rules. If it can't be confirmed, don't eject the player. Let him play football. Yeah, multiple ones. On that same ilk. Hey, the conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Elite tweet of the day from Matt Twiggy or Stone. Targeting has, targeting has really bitten BYU. Would like to see the suspension reduced to a quarter. Still need to emphasize proper tackling. Half. A whole, yeah. The next, well, it is a half. You're right, a quarter. It's already a half. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Download the podcast for Jeremiah and Spencer. Shout out to Eric Kellogg. They're great. Oh my goodness. <laughs>